Do you feel like motherhood is mundane? A lot of mornings you wake up feeling like you lack joy or purpose. Do you also want to invite God into your mom life, your marriage, and your life in general, but you just don't know how? Do you feel tired, like you have no time, and you're always putting yourself last? Hi, I am Jill Warball, a Christian mom life coach, and I'll be showing you each episode how to make time for you, your relationship with Jesus, and others. I'll teach you how to grow with God and apply His Word to your everyday life. And most importantly, I'll be cheering you on each week, reminding you that you do have purpose and that you are worthy of a great future. You can find satisfaction in motherhood. I'm going to show you that you can live intentionally with less stress, more joy, all while serving God and others. So grab your Bible and get ready to be transformed. This is the Faithful Mama Podcast, a place where we learn to fill up on Jesus so that we can pour into others. Listen in. All right. Well, hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Jill. I'm so excited that you're on the podcast today. Um, just oh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, just what you have decided, um, I'm sure along with God's called you to this, but I'm so grateful for that calling on your life. Um, but why don't you let the ladies kind of know what that calling is and what you do and your mission? Yes. Well, I'm sure that most of you who are listening um, are mamas, you know, in some capacity and working with the next generation of children, raising up the the children that God has placed in your care. And so I am right there alongside you, except for just in a little different capacity in that I am still single and I don't have children of my own, but just have a huge heart for children um, and for helping them come to know who God is. Is. So I spent the first decade of my professional career as an educator in um, a Christian school. I taught elementary students and just love, love, love working with little kiddos. And then several years into my experience there, I just noticed that so many of my students, you know, came from these great Christian homes. They, I was giving them a biblically based education all day long, and they were still rapidly absorbing ideas that were actually lies from the culture around us without any questions. So that just sent me on a journey of discovering what can we do to help these little ones that God has placed in our care to carefully evaluate every idea that they encounter so they can understand how to live in a way that aligns with who God is and what he's commanded of us and what he's revealed in his word. So I've now stepped back from the classroom and I run an organization called Foundation Worldview that creates resources for parents to use with children to help them to carefully evaluate the ideas that they encounter and understand truth. That's so awesome. I love that. So, um, so your foundation is the foundation worldview. And mm-hmm. so today we're going to talk a little bit about your kind of kind of go through um, some of the lies that, you mm-hmm. know, the world and culture sells us um, and our and our children and just um, how that kind of is different from the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And so let's just get started there. Like culture teaches us um the lie that something can be true for me but not for you Mm -hmm. um 
So can you kind of explain that a little bit more? And even just what that question means, because some people are like, what? What, what, what do you mean something can be true for you and not for me? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we see, we see this lie in so many different places in our culture. I just remember it was, it was years ago now. It was probably back in like 2016 or 2017. I just remember seeing Oprah at, um, I think it was the Oscars and she was just talking about, she was like, living your truth is the most powerful tool that each of us has, you know, like, and Oprah's very compelling, you know, so you hear yeah. that and you're like, yes, that yeah. is the most powerful tool I have. I have to live my truth. And then if you actually pause, to stop and think about that. It's like, okay, well, what does that actually mean, your truth? Because I think from a scientific perspective, we all understand that there are certain truths that are true, whether or not we believe them. You know, like we don't let our children jump off the roof of the garage, no matter how much they believe they can fly, because we just know that gravity is true for them. You know, like whether yeah. they believe it or not, like gravity <laughs> is this truth that is not going to go away. But yet it's so easy to buy into this lie of the culture that, you know what, there can be some things that are true for you, but they're not true for me. And we'll just like live our own lives and that's all okay. And a lot of times that is then projected on to like different worldviews, like the Christian worldview. Like somebody might say, you know, like I have neighbors, you know, in my block, like I have Muslim neighbors, I have neighbors that are Buddhist, I have neighbors that don't believe in God. You know, we all believe different things and we all get along really well. You know, that's such a great thing. But when it comes down to what we're believing, like certain things are either true or they're not. Like when we just look at what the Bible claims, the Bible claims that Jesus is God. You know, where my Muslim neighbors that live a few houses down that I love and I'm at their house all the time, like the Quran teaches that God has no son and God is one person. So it specifically teaches that Jesus is not God. And so it's not true for me that Jesus is God and true for them that Jesus isn't God. It's just one of us is wrong. <laughs> you know, Jesus either is God or he is not God. And so we just can't, you know, think about like, oh, well, you know, like that's fine for you. It's like, no, these are big truths that we have to think through. And I think a lot of times as women, we might get a little bit confused about this because with the way that God has designed us now, not all women, um, but by and large, women in general tend to feel things more deeply than men do. And that's not always a bad thing. You know, having emotions is part of being created in God's image. But sometimes we just buy into this lie from the culture that whatever we're feeling represents the truth. Correct. Where we know that's not always true. We know, you know, we know that with our three-year-olds, you know, when they're throwing a temper tantrum in the grocery store, you know, they may think that they need that big bag of candy, but like the truth is if we let them have that big bag of candy, it would make them sick. Um, so I think this is just something that's really important for us as women to think through and to help our kids think through as well, that truth is true for everyone, whether or not we think it, feel it or believe it. It does not change from person to person to person. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking just about how often, even as a wife, how, you know, we can feel a certain way, like, oh, our husband did that on purpose. And then 20 mm. later, we're like, we're talking to them about it. And then we're like, oh, he didn't do that on purpose, you know, but our feelings right. are that was truth in the moment. <laughs> yes. 
So yes, our feelings are great. Um, what is the what is the saying? Our feelings are are um, great. Oh my goodness! Basically, <laughs> help us kind of um, like kind of they're like great radar. Like they mm-hmm. help us to like say, okay, I'm feeling this way, right? Um, but it doesn't mean it's truth. But it is kind of helping me like question if it's truth or not, um, right? And- I like the way that you phrase that because I think it's important for us to recognize our emotions. You know, we shouldn't just stuff the stuff our emotions, but we have to recognize, okay, what am I feeling? And then follow it up with, okay, does this feeling point me towards the truth or is it pointing me away from the truth? Right. So what are some ways that we can help our children understand that, that truth is definitive, you know, that it's... yeah. Yeah. Explain that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that question because this is something that I love, love, love doing with little ones. Um, A lot of times, you know, since I don't have children of my own on Sunday afternoons, I'll take, you know, like a few kids from my church, you know, back to my house, just feed them lunch. We'll play, read some books just so their parents can get a little break. And we do a lot when I'm working with, you know, like just having these little kids over my house, just talking about what is true. And so the first thing that I think we need to do, you know, like whether we're talking with a three-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 15-year-old is just give them a basic working definition of what truth is. Because a lot of times we might not have even thought of that. Like if, you know, somebody just asked you, like, how would you define truth? You know, you might have to pause for a minute and be like, well, I know I'm supposed to tell the truth. You know, truth is the opposite of lying. You know, but what actually is the truth? So the definition I love to give, and I think you can give it to a three-year-old, you can give it to a 13-year-old, you know, you can give it to a (laughs) 33-year-old is truth is what is real. You know, kind of like the examples I gave before, you know, whether or not somebody believes in gravity when they jump off the roof of that garage, they will fall to the ground. And that is what is real. That is what is true. You know, similar when I gave the example of, you know, me and my Muslim neighbors having different beliefs about who Jesus is, like what is real about Jesus is not dependent on what I believe about him. Like either Jesus is God or he was not God. And so just an easy thing to do with little ones to help them understand this is I like, you know, those of you who are listening who are moms of littles, you know, your littles just love when you can turn something into a game, you know, like it doesn't even matter if you're like sweeping (laughs) the floor, you know, if you turn it into a game, like they're on board. Um, So something I love to do with littles is just say, okay, so we practice the definition, you know, truth is what is real. You know, we've, we've practiced saying that. And then I'm, I say, okay, I'm going to give you some sentences that are real, that are true. And then I'm going to give you some silly ones that are not true. And I say, okay, if I give you a sentence, if I say a sentence that's true, I want you to spread your arms out wide and I want you to yell true as loud as you can. Um, you know, and then if I say a sentence that's not true, I want you to cross your arms in front of you and I want you to say not true, you know, and then I'll give them easy sentences, you know, like puppies are baby dogs, you know, and they'll spread out their arms and say true. And then I'll give them some silly ones that are easy to identify. Like puppies run on the ceiling and we'll say, oh my goodness, that's such a silly sentence. That's not real. That's not true. And have them cross their arms and just, you know, have them practice that. And eventually I'll throw in 
the idea of a feeling. And we'll talk about what are some feelings that you have? You know, I'll say, okay, show me a face that's a happy face. You know, show me a face that you make when you're feeling sad. Show me a surprised face. You know, show me an angry face. And then we'll talk about how our feelings are inside of us and they change. You know, my feelings about, you know, going to school on Monday might be different than your feelings about going to school on Monday. And they're going to change. But it's not the same with truth. Like if I wake up and I say today is Monday and you say, no, it's not. Today is Tuesday. It can't be Monday for me and Tuesday for you. You know, either it's Monday or it's not. Either it's Tuesday or it's not. So anyway, then we throw in the feelings into the game. So I'll say, okay, if I say a feeling sentence, I want you to put your arms around yourself, give yourself a hug and say feeling. So we'll do the same thing again. You know, I'll say, Puppies are baby dogs. You know, that's true. And then puppies run on the ceiling. That's not true. And then I'll say something like puppies are fun and they'll hug themselves and say feelings because, you know, some people feel that puppies are fun. Other people, you know, when the puppy's chewing on their sofa arm, you know, they don't feel puppies are fun. It's a feeling that's going to change. So I think with little ones, that's something really easy we can do. And then with older kids, what I love to do is, um, you know, especially with kids like eight on up, I'll send them off on a treasure hunt and, you know, I'll all the moms listening, you know what your kids love, you know, whether if you hid something like some chocolate or stickers or, you know, whatever your kids would really enjoy and just say, okay, somewhere around this house I've hidden, you know, chocolate and then say, okay, I have some directions here for finding that chocolate. Some of the directions are true. Some of the directions are not true. And then give your kids, you know, the directions, let them choose. And then only one of them is going to find the chocolate because only one set of directions is going to be the true set of directions. Then you can debrief after that and say, okay, so why did, you know, like, why did your brother find the chocolate and you didn't? Well, he had true directions. They showed him what was real and your directions weren't real. And then say, okay, what do you, you know, what is truth then? If truth means it led you to where this really was, and then we talk through how truth is what is real. So if we can just do some basic activities with our kids just to help them understand this concept that truth is what is real. It doesn't change based on my feelings or beliefs. You know, no matter how much our daughter who had the the untrue set of directions, no matter how much she wanted to believe that she was going to find the prize, if she didn't know the truth about where it was, it doesn't matter how hard she believed in that she didn't find it. And so I think we can really help our kids understand the nature of truth with those activities. That's great. And, and, um, you have resources, don't you, that help parents um, kind of teach teach their children mm-hmm. um, truth. Because I, I, I'm a homeschool mom and I have some mm. homeschool mom listeners. So things like, like that activity, as you were saying it, I was like, oh, we could do that one day at home, <laughs> you know, during yes. school. Yes. Yeah. We do have, we have a number of curriculums out where we have activities like that. And actually um, our website is foundationworldview.com. And if you go there um, in the upper right-hand corner, you can click get a sample. And if you click get a sample, both of those activities that I mentioned, we have, you'll get a sample for the little kids and it has that uh, video with that activity included in it. And then the treasure hunt activity that I mentioned, you'll get another lesson with that activity all done up for you. So if you want to do those activities, you can just go and get a sample um, and use those with your kiddos. Yeah, I love that. Okay, we'll be doing that. Um, <laughs> the the other um, thing I wanted to, you like to talk about different worldviews, and you think that that's mm-hmm. good for us moms to teach our children about other worldviews. Some people are scared to teach their children mm-hmm. other worldviews. They just, are, you know, have this fear like, nope, I'm just sticking with the Christian worldview, and that's where mm-hmm. we're saying it, staying with, with things right now. But what are the benefits of doing that, and why do you do that, and how? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think there's two real benefits 
to it. Um, and both of them are really important. Um, number one, when we expose our kids to other worldviews in you know, in a very direct way, but while they're still in our home, we have the opportunity then to help them see how those worldviews don't line up with what is true so that they're understanding, you know, we don't just believe the Bible because our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents have believed it. You know, like we believe it because we actually believe that it tells us the truth about life and the world around us. And when we compare that with other worldviews, that's a really great way to help them you know, understand that the Bible actually does present what is true. I always like to give the example of hand sanitizer because, you know, a lot of times when people don't want to expose their kids to other ideas, they think like, oh, we're just going to keep them safe. And I am, unfortunately, I am a germaphobe. Um, fortunately, I survived um, <laughs> the germ, my germaphobiness through COVID. Um, but I, you know, like my first few years of teaching, um, I got sick a lot. And your first year of teaching, you're always supposed to get sick a lot, you know, because the kids are breathing on you, coughing on you, touching your stuff. You know, you get used to their germs. And then your second year, you get sick a little bit less. And your third year, you're supposed to be pretty much immune. Well, just the opposite happened for me that my first year I got sick. And then my second year, I got sick more frequently. And my third year, I got sick even more frequently. And so by Christmas time, I had been on several rounds of antibiotics. I had had eight sinus infections. It was just ridiculous. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And so eventually I went to the doctor in January and I said, okay, I don't, I don't want to do any more antibiotics. Like, I don't want to just like treat the symptoms. I want to know like, what am I doing that's causing me to get so sick? And so he just asked me a bunch of questions. And one of the things he asked me was if I used hand sanitizer and I said, yes. And he said, how many times a day? And I was like, oh, probably like 50, you know, cause I just, you know, like anytime I touch something, I'd use hand sanitizer and he was like, okay, you know, Elizabeth before, you know, before you eat or before you touch your face, you know, if there's no soap and water available, hand sanitizer is good for, you know, for making sure you don't get super sick. But he said, you know, if you're using it all the time, what you're doing is you're not letting your body get exposed in really small doses to these different viruses and bacteria that your kids are carrying into the classroom. So he said, what I want you to do is I want you to stop using the hand sanitizer unless you're about to eat or rub your eye or your nose or your mouth. And I was like, okay, you know, and it was really hard for me. But the amazing thing that happened is I didn't get another sinus infection for five years, you oh, know, right. because I, yeah, so I let my body get exposed to these you know, viruses and bacteria in small doses, and my body was able to build up immunity. And it's the same way with our children. You know, if we just keep them, you know, protected within our own like Christian homes and churches and, you know, spheres of influence and never let them get exposed to any of the ideas of the world, once they're out on their own or once they have a phone and they have access to the internet and all of these different ideas, you know, those ideas that are false could just infect them like a virus where if we, when we're in, you know, the safety of our own homes can just slowly expose them to these different ideas. And not that we're talking negatively about different worldviews or we're putting them down or we're saying, how foolish is this? But we're actually giving them the opportunity to evaluate them. They're going to build up some natural immunity so that when they encounter those ideas, you know, in movies and TV shows and with friends and, you know, just anytime they're out, you know, with different people and different influences, they're already going to understand, oh, that's where this idea is coming from. And this is why it's not true. So really, I think developing immunity is super important. And then the second thing that's really important is we want to help our kids, you know, develop good relationships with 
others. And one of the ways that we do that is by helping them not be fearful of people who are different than them. You know, I mentioned before that, you know, on my block, there's so many different types of people with so many different beliefs. And, you know, like we all get along. We, you know, I have conversations about, you know, the differences in our beliefs, but I'm not afraid of them. You know, like I'm not afraid to go over to my Muslim neighbor's house three times a week, you know, and hang out with them. Right. And that's what we want for our children is that we want them to be able to love others well, to understand you know, we have different beliefs and we're not going to agree on all of this, but to not be scared, you know, of developing relationships with people who are different than them. Oh, that's great. I love that advice. Yeah. You sometimes hear about, you know, these kids that have been raised in these very, you know, Christian worldview Mm -hmm. homes. And then once they get out into the world, they kind of, um, go the opposite way and it's right because I think a lot of times they were never exposed to things and Mm -hmm. I think that that they didn't build up immunity to it right (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's such a great point and I love that um so I love that you don't have an issue talking about hard things um And you talk about false gospels. Um, Mm. Well, first, I would love you to tell the audience if they don't already know what a false gospel is and how can our how can we ourselves as moms pick out the, you know, false gospel and and then help our children discern what's a false gospel? Yeah, another great question. Well, I think something that's really easy to remember is just that like, so gospel means good news, you know, so what's the good news? (laughs) And so any worldview, you know, has, has an answer to the question of creation. How did everything come to be? Has an answer to the question of the fall, meaning what's wrong with things, because we all know that there is something wrong, you know, that things don't work as they're supposed to. And then an answer to the question of, of redemption, how do things get fixed? So if we can just remember that creation fall, redemption, creation, fall, redemption. I think that's a really easy lens for us to look through. Um, so when we look at the biblical worldview, you know, the, the story of the, of creation from the biblical worldview is that God created everything and that it was good and that God created human beings in his image. And so that's the creation narrative from the Christian perspective. And then the fall narrative of, you know, what's wrong comes from, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they chose rather than loving, trusting, and obeying God, they chose to love, trust, and obey themselves. And they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which introduced sin into the world. And then God cursed the ground. And so now we humans are inherently sinful and the ground, you know, the all of creation does not work as it's supposed to. And then the redemption part is that humans cannot do anything to save themselves from the sin, you know, like, yes, we can do good things, but we can't get rid of our sin nature and we can't completely stop sinning, you know, and get, you know, out from under the wrath of God. And so God sent the father sent God, the son, Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin. And then he rose again to new life. So that's the creation fall 
redemption narrative from the Christian worldview. And so if we can think of those three things, creation, fall, redemption, then we can apply that to anything. You know, we can apply it to a TV show that we're watching with our kids. We can apply it to a movie. We can apply it to a book. We can apply it to a conversation that we have with our neighbors. We can apply it to, you know, our kids' history textbooks, you know, anything there and say, okay, you know, according to this author, according to this character, according to our neighbor, you know, like how did everything come to be? How did everything get there? And then what's that, you know, the creation part, then what's the fall part? You know, what is wrong with everything? And then what is the redemption piece? And I think this is really important for us to understand and for us to help our kids understand because there's so many false gospels floating around out there, even under the name of Christianity. You know, even a lot of times I get, um, you know, catalogs from Christian book distributors, you know, which sells many wonderful Christian books, but usually what's on the front cover of those catalogs is, you know, what's the top sellers. And there are some, you know, well-known women out there who are writing books that are supposedly Christian books that have false gospels that are telling Christian women that they're, you know, that, that, that the creation narrative is, you know, like is correct. You know, like you're created in God's image. You're worth so much. Like that is so true because that's what scripture says. But then the fall narrative is incorrect. They'll say, you know what you're doing? You are not believing in yourself. You're not understanding how amazing and how beautiful you are. You're not taking enough you time. You know, like you're letting your kids suck everything away from you and you're buying into the false lies of the culture. You just need to get up and wash your face and stop apologizing and realize that you are enough. We're like, that is the exact opposite of what scripture teaches. <laughs> scripture right. teaches, you know, like that we are not enough, that it's our inherent sin. And so then in that gospel, you know, the the um, redemption part is, you know, you just realize you're enough and you start standing up for your rights and you do you. And that's just the opposite of what the biblical gospel tells us to do, that the biblical gospel tells us that we need to repent of our sin. We need to, you know, cast ourselves on the mercy of God and receive the free gift of salvation that is offered through Jesus. So we need to recognize that for ourselves and then also for our children. You know, there's a, um, a popular Christian author um, who he is, um, he's advertising tons on Facebook. I keep seeing his, um, his kids' books advertised a ton on my Facebook newsfeed. And I had someone bring them to my attention and they actually gave me a copy of his latest series. And as I was reading through it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is not Christian, that this is not, this is not presenting the true gospel that as you go through this series, you know, it's about a middle schooler and he goes on these adventures and it's a fun series, but the creation narrative is correct that it talks about, you know, this middle schooler and his friends being created in the image of God. But then the main problem is that each of the middle schoolers does not understand how beautiful they are and that they are loved and that they are perfect just as they are. So the redemption piece, what do they need to do in the end? You know, there's no, even some of the middle schoolers that, you know, like treat one another horribly, there's no repentance. There's no confession of sin. There's no reconciliation. It's just, they realize, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how beautiful I was. And now I recognize how beautiful I am and I'm going to walk in love. And so it's so important for, for moms, especially, you know, working with the next generation, working with these little ones to understand, okay, let's talk about this framework. What's the creation, the fall, and the redemption? And does this align with what the Bible teaches? Or does it have a false portion in one or two or three of those areas? 
Right. It's funny. Um, I always, you know how, you know, the saying like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. Like this. And, and like my kids will be playing and they've heard other kids say like, I got this. And they still <laughs> say it. I'm like, you don't got this. <laughs> and you got, if you're going to say, I got this, you need to say, I got this because God's got this and God's, mm. got this. you know, and it's like, yes, you have to, you have to address that with them that like the only reason that you're capable is because God's capable. The only reason that, yes. um, like, yes, you're, you're worthy because God mm. made you worthy on the cross, <laughs> you know? Yeah because he loved you that much, but you're not just worthy because you're you <laughs> right? <laughs> like right. You're worthy because you know, you're today, you decided to be confident and decided that you were worthy. No, God said, you know, you're only worthy through Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. So, and you know, the odd, the funny thing is, is I think, you know, to, to a lot of people that sounds really offensive, but it's so freeing, you know, because just think about when your kids say, you know, like, I got this. Well, what's going to happen if they don't, like, if they actually don't have it, you know, like, what's right. going to happen if they mess up, you know, in front of their whole family and a bunch of friends, you know, and it's like, oh, am I, am I worthy? You know, because, because I didn't, I didn't have this. Like, I, maybe that takes away from my value and worth where when we can rest in the fact of knowing that, you know what, like, I don't have this and on my own, I am not enough, but you know what, the one who is enough loves me and no matter what I do think, say, or feel, he is always going to love me. Like how much peace is there in that truth? <laughs> right. And it all, uh, to me, it always all falls on the verse in Corinthians when he says, when Paul says, um, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm, and then he yeah. boasts in his weakness. Yes. The best verse, because when you go to explain that to your children, you can boast in your weakness when God mm. is your grace and your strength and all of those things. Because when you're where you're weak, God is strong. And like, I always, that's one of my favorite verses. And it's one that I try to instill in my children. And I think mm. that's the whole message that can counter culture. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's literally the, the verse that probably changed my life when mm. I was saved. It was realizing, gosh, his grace is sufficient for me mm. because I actually felt very unworthy. Mm. And so when I realized his grace was sufficient for me, but I could boast in my weaknesses because he was strong. Yes. For me. That's when I, that's when I was like, oh my gosh. And that, that verse might be one of the verses that, I mean, there's, there were songs and verses all at that same time that um, they were all just working it together to sit, you know, to mm. sing Christ. And that was definitely one of them. So that'll always be my favorite, but I think that's a great verse for um, people to remember when they're, when they're battling cu cultural. Mm. So, yeah. um, so let me just ask you, is there any, um, thing that you want the women today to walk away from and as moms, as women, um, that you just want, if there's one thing that they remember, what is that? What is the one thing that you would want them to remember? 
Yeah. Well, one thing I always worry about when I do an interview, you know, because I'm so passionate about this stuff and I think about it so often, I, I never want people to leave feeling overwhelmed and thinking like, oh my goodness, goodness, Elizabeth, you know, like that sounds great for you, but I could never do this, you know, with my children. And so I would just encourage you, you know, because you're listening, you know, because you're listening to this podcast, it shows that you really care, you know, about what you're passing on to your children and what you're doing. So I just want you to feel encouraged because of that, you know, to know that, that that's great that you are investing. And I think, um, you know, the one thing that I would say, if you know that there's nothing else you remember from this podcast, really think about the concept of truth, you know, and continually ask yourself, okay, is this pointing me towards the truth or is it pointing me away from the truth? Because we know that truth is not just some abstract concept of what is real, but truth is also embodied in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So as you seek truth and as you help your children seek truth, it's actually a pursuit of the God of the universe. Yeah. That's so great. And the awesome thing too, that I think, um, actually is so beneficial as a mom, as our kids are asking about truth, sometimes we're learning right along with them and they see, Mm. they're like, wow, like this is how we search for truth. Even as adults, like let's Mm -hmm. do this. Like as moms, we can say like, I don't know the answer to that. Like, let's find out the truth together. And that's such a profound those are such profound moments in motherhood. And it just feels like if I did one thing today, like that was, that was really great, Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, So when your kids ask you things, like it doesn't hurt to say, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let's look, let's do that. Let's find the truth together in this. Love it. You know? Love it. Yeah. So, um, before we close, what, um, where, first of all, where can they find you? Second of all, um, let them know a little bit about the resources and curriculums that you have. Yeah. So the website I mentioned before, foundationworldview.com, um, you can find all about our organization and, you know, what we do and all of our materials. We do have a couple different curriculums, which I know when I'm talking, especially, you know, like if I'm talking to moms of littles, the word curriculum can sound so overwhelming, (laughs) Um, which um, basically what I mean by curriculum is if you know how to press print and play, you know how to implement what we do (laughs) because we want to make it as seamless as possible for busy moms to help equip their children to understand what is true. So we have a whole bunch of different video-based lessons and you print off the activity sheets that go along with them. um, And we do all the teaching for you, you know, so that you can learn alongside your child. So we have a little, you have a basic worldview curriculum for uh, four to seven-year-olds. We have a comparative worldview curriculum, kind of what we were talking about before, you know, about talking to kids about different worldviews for eight to 12 year olds. We also have another uh, resource for eight to 12 year olds that teaches them how to study the Bible. So how they can seek truth in God's word on their own. And then for older guys, for kids 10 to 14, we have what we call a careful thinking curriculum. You know, how do you carefully evaluate the different ideas that come your way? So you can find all those on our website. You can also find like our webinars and podcasts and blogs. So that's all there as well. That's great. That's awesome. Well, um, I appreciate what you do so much. And um, moms, I hope that you go and check out the website um, because it is so important for our kids to discern what is true. Because once they start to just try to find themselves and 
you know, that can be really dangerous. And it's so important that we invest in teaching them how to find truth and what is truth um, from a biblical standpoint. So, um, Elizabeth, thank you so much. Would you just close us in prayer today? I'd love to. God, we come before you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the truth of yourself that you've revealed in your word. Um, God, we just ask that we would be uh, better seekers of you, Lord. I just pray over all the women who are listening, um, whatever season of life they're in, whatever struggles they're going through right now, Lord, I ask that you would remind them of your goodness um, and the hope of eternity with you. Ask that you would give them the strength that they need to continue faithfully raising the children that you've placed in their care. Um, ask also for the children that are represented by the women listening to this podcast. Lord, just pray that you would be at work in their hearts and their minds, that you would stir the affections of their heart towards you, that they would come to know and love and trust you and believe in the truth of the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you, Jill. It's been a pleasure being on with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Faithful Mama podcast, a place where we fill up on Jesus so we can pour into others. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to head over to the ratings and review section. And if this is something that you know will touch another mama's heart, please share it with her. And as always, stay faithful. Hey friend, have you heard? I created a free mini course just for you. It's called the Divine Destiny Mini Course. This course will take you from unmotivated, messy motherhood to understanding your divine destiny that was placed on your life from God. I know what it feels like to be completely stuck. I was so lost and lacked direction and without direction, there's just no motivation. But this will take you from feeling like you are going in circles to growing with God. It will take you from feeling lost and unseen to motivated and clear on where God wants you to go. I promise this will empower each role of your life and inspire you to be the best version of yourself. After this course, you will be excited for your future and all that is to come. So what do you say? Let me and Jesus hold your hand and walk you into all he has for you. You can find the mini course in the show notes or on my website at jillrohrball.com. I can't wait for you to be inspired.